Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to a very special one-off film pod that will endeavour to answer two intriguing questions. Is there such a thing as a perfect film? And if there is, what is it? In turn, three of us will put forward our cases for what we believe to be celluloid perfection. A film that, like Pep Guardiola's Manchester City, is in a league of its own. So let's grab some popcorn and get to it by introducing my guest today. First up, we have 9320's very own Man of the Arts. It's Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Good morning. Right, so I go, I go from being a poor man's Peter Walton to being the Man of the Arts. I'll take it. I'll take it all day. Yep. I never said the first one. That's entirely on Howard. <laughs> yeah, but... But he is in the room, so I have to acknowledge him. Well, yes, because next up we have the Scorsese of Podding. Not because he's a genius, but because he's got a great recipe for tomato sauce. It's Howard. <laughs> How are you, sir? I have, actually. I know, yeah. I wasn't even joking. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm what you get if you order Mark Kamoed off Wish. So. Oh, love it, love it. <laughs> I think we're going to get a... Yeah, I'm looking at your questions, Steve. They're far too... Far too deep and uh, complicated. Nah, let's let's dumb me. it down. It's... We're going to get a contrast of styles on this podcast, I think. Uh, Chris will be very good at answering some of these, and I'll just say, well, I just really like it. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's, how, that's how it should be. The agenda should always aspire to a certain level, and then we start talking. <laughs> There's lots of bright colours and stuff, so that's why it's my favourite <laughs> But before we get to our, our film choices, um, just in general, I'll start with you, Chris. What for you mm. constitutes a perfect film? What is what's the elements that's, that's needed? Well, just I think to start with, and we had this conversation before we recorded the pod about uh, uh, you could say there's a perfect film and there's a perfect movie with movie representing that sort of you know classic idea of going into the cinema with your popcorn. Mm. It's got that movie experience, but but I think the two things do merge. But I think I think like a lot of things around artistic expression, it, it's when there's a there's like a collective chemistry of things. So I think a perfect film or movie is it needs to have this this perfect chemistry of, of the writing and the directing and the acting, the cinematography and the music, and also the art direction, which is you know basically the way it looks is a really underrated thing. But for me, what what has to be on top of that is is it's it has to feel original, and I have to feel like um, there's empathy there. So it's uh, you know it's it, it, it's it's somebody once said that that cinema is a machine for empathy, and and I and a film needs to have that. But but for me, it has to be really truthful as well, and and and, and so I don't have to suspend my uh, disbelief. So even if it's self-contained and it's in its own reality. Um, it, I have to feel like that it, 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 it's being honest. But the key thing for me, and this is really, really important, is that films should show and not tell. Um, mm. and, and so often you see modern films where there's so much explanation uh, being disguised as, as dialogue. They show, not tell, and leave gaps for us as the audience. Sorry, leave gaps for us as the audience to fill in. We don't need to be told everything. We can fill in the gaps. So I think all those things collectively, for me, make up a perfect film. It's quite a big ask. That's why. That's why I think there are so few of what we would regard as perfect films. It's kind of fascinating you say the about the show and tell because this pod started because we were having a discussion about Psycho, which I believe mm. to be a perfect film, but. I've seen two versions, and the first version was the original, which you saw mm. a couple of weeks ago, Chris. 
which at the end, kind of tacked on really at the end, is a is it a psychiatrist just explaining about mm. Norman Bates and his kind of you know his character and, and his personality traits, etc. And you know that really is telling, isn't it, rather than showing. Um, yeah, I've seen a version th- without that, so I yeah I believe that to be. Oh really? Okay. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know there wasn't a definitive version. Then uh, I mean, we'll talk about psycho later because that's one I do have a lot of problems with. But I think I think what's interesting is at the time, the notion of a psychopath was not common knowledge. Mm. Really, yes. it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. You know, and so they they had to have this character to explain to to sort of justify the character's behaviour. But I think when you look back. That's one of the several things about Psycho which I think prevents it from being a perfect movie. I'm sure it was a perfect cinema-going experience at the time because it was so original and terrifying, but I, I don't think it's aged as well as people would, would suggest. Okay, fair enough. And what's interesting I, as well is your entire explanation of what you think constitutes a perfect film perfectly kind of details my, my film choice. So, uh, okay. yeah, lovely stuff. Okay. <laughs> I would. Well, something you, Chris said also perfectly fits into an, an other choice uh, that mm. I think we all discussed the last time we had a film podcast. So, yeah, he's nailed it. See, I I was thinking about it, and I have no idea. <laughs> but, and I started thinking about TV shows as well, and thinking, is it a lot easier to have a perfect film than a TV show? Because you need, you need to nail about two hours rather than... 20 hours and I started mm. thinking perhaps it is and I, I thought about it on a much more basic level in that because the choice the other choice doesn't meet this criteria in the ultimate, in the perfect film you're gripped from beginning to end you have no idea how long it is you, yeah. the film never wanes the film doesn't test your interest you don't want to look at your phone <laughs> I just at a very basic level a perfect film just doesn't put a misstep. There's not one part where you're taken out of the moment and thinking, well, that that shouldn't happen. That that dialogue's cheesy. That I mean, there's a lot of things to tick you know, relentlessly for two hours. But on a basic level, that's how I look at the perfect film. And it's very hard to define it because of the genres of films. So I could think of you know one comedy film that fits that. But then you're talking about. You know, something very dramatic and dealing with very serious subjects. It's so hard to compare yeah. different genres and say what perfection is in a film. But I think if it grips you from beginning to end and you come out thinking about it, if it's one that you'll want to watch repeatedly thereafter, I think that's as close as you can get to a perfect film. Yeah, it has to be com- feel complete, doesn't it? And whole. Yeah. Um, that there's a, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a film just come out this year, where a guy, a businessman, wakes up and he's basically um, digging trenches kind of outside a prison. And he's like, you know, and he's got a tiny little quarters where he sleeps and, and he just wakes up there from there and he doesn't know how he's got there. I thought, that's an interesting concept. But then I saw the reviews and all reviews say, yeah, this is pretty much, doesn't know where to go after that. <laughs> and so often films are like that, aren't they? I, th- yeah. I think it's I, think I think it's even been done before with a stag do <laughs> when someone wakes up not knowing <laughs> yes. where they are. So. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting as well is, 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 first of all, I do wonder whether a perfect film needs to have um, a sort of mass access accessibility. Is is if it if it's perfect, 
is it perfect only for a, 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 a kind of yeah. small portion of the audience? Does it have to have mass appeal? I'm not, I'm not sure. I, but I also, and we'll talk about this later on, around my choice, is um, that often perfect films are accidents. If you, if you strive to make a perfect film, you'll make an absolute dud because yeah. you're thinking too much. And I think all three of our choices, what, what, kind of com- what, what they all have in common is how is, is the level of confidence and belief that all three of the filmmakers had when they made it. And so actually they weren't trying to make the perfect film, they were trying to fulfil their vision. And it just so happened that it chimes with a mass audience. If you, if, you try to, if you try and appeal to all the audiences, you'll appeal to none. And, and I, think, I think, I can't remember who said it, but, but a film, one film, like I said, basically put up on the screen what you want to see and then cross your fingers that, the, that there's enough people <laughs> who want to see it as well, really. And I think that's what defines the great filmmakers is, is by accident they have that connectivity with a wider audience. Well, talking about kind of how things are, you know, great things come about accidentally, all three films, I mean, particularly I would say mine and your choices, Chris, had problems pre-production and, mm. you know, had to navigate kind of all kinds of kind of different issues to the extent where I'm sure at one point each director would have thought, what have I taken on here? This isn't going to work. And then it does, it's almost magically, it all comes together. Um, mm. So that's an interesting angle as well. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if, if your choice, if that same applies to you, Howard, but maybe not actually, but let's actually... Shall we come to our choices first and then we'll continue with a general chat? So, because people will be wondering who we've chosen. I have gone for Back to the Future. Chris, your film? So, uh, w- in the context of popularity, and <laughs> also it's, it's English speaking. So, I, 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 I focused on that rather than foreign films. There's a number mm. I could choose, but I've gone for Jaws. Okay, how would your choice? Yeah, just before this, I've written about 30 down. So I just <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head and the thing I would definitely just sit down and watch if I was flicking through channels and it came up, I would just stop. Uh, Goodfellas. Well, that's another interesting angle because that also is another component of a perfect film, isn't it? Where just mm. repeatability, you could watch it over and over again. Um, even if you've got you know a real kind of familiarity with each scene. Um, okay, so we'll get to these three films very shortly. Before we do, Chris... Are there any other examples, Chris? Uh, Howard said there that there was 30 films he could have chosen. Mm. What, what I won't was be going? saying them all. Steve, <laughs> yeah. what, what was on your shortlist, Chris? Um, so, again, English-speaking, and sort of within the last 50 years, I had to sort of zone it down. I think when you talk about films that are over 50 years old, it, they, they become more like museum pieces, so they're harder to relate to. Mm. So I think another flawless film is The Godfather Part Two. Um, but I, but we've I've spoken about my love of, of that film um, uh, series not not all three just the first two previously so I didn't choose that one um, I think more well I say more recently the last twenty years I thought Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was a near perfect film uh, particularly in that it existed within its own reality um, and I think more recently as well I, I think Whiplash. Um, is an almost perfect film in terms of how self-contained it was and how how original. So yeah, yeah. There's many, but though but those three came to mind when I just thought about the creation of a filmic story and how it is executed. It was near perfect. You know, Whiplash is a real rarity for me because so often mm. you hear about a film and it gets talked up to the rafters, and you you approach it and you think, okay. 
this can't live up to the hype because, you know, so often I'll enjoy it, but, you know, it won't live up to the hype. And it exceeded it. It was actually better than what I believed it was going to be. It was a superb film. Whitwash um, is my set DVD film still in its wrapper, sat beneath my TV. Oh, really? I'm definitely watching tomorrow, but never actually done. Oh, oh how would you it, got it, to? It's, it, it, it's extraordinary. It, it's the only film I can recall where I literally... I was sat forward in my seat in the yeah. cinema, wow. so so it literally was edge yeah. of the seat. It, it, it's really, yeah. I, I I mean, you never can account for for individual taste, but I'd be I'd be surprised if you didn't enjoy it, Howard. Yeah, and I can't. What's his name? I can't remember his name. The the, the Miles, Miles Teller. Uh, what? No, the, the the actor who um who's the teacher. Oh, the teacher. It's um. Oh, oh my god! Name, Leave it really with me. I'll come back. He's a fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a and he he's an actor who's been who was kind of uh, supporting roles for yes, years yeah. and years and years. Yeah, yeah. he's a fantastic actor. Um, Howard, what was on your shortlist? What, what other candidates are there for a perfect film? Shortlist. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is. I mean, I, I'll be annoyed when we finish this podcast because I'll probably think of about three films that are some of my favourites that I've completely forgotten to mention but that's life into I'll talk about different genres if perfect comedy film for me I would say Life of Brian is for me perfect from very beginning to very end but again how do I compare Goodfellas with The Life of Brian or oh, another thing on the list, Schindler's List, you just can't uh, mm. really compare films that are just so completely different uh, Old One, The Third Man, I absolutely think is near perfect for cinematography mm. as well. Yeah. Uh, rear Window, Memento, just popped into my head. What kind of a forgotten film, a guy pays. So I just think is astonishing the way it works. Yeah, you know, the way it works, basically the premise of it. Is, is it ironic that it's a forgotten film? <laughs> uh, yeah, see? <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Uh, City, City of God, Platoon. Oh, City of God. List. Uh, Lives of Others. I don't, again, it's like a foreign film about a Stasi mm. member. Yeah, super, super, yeah. Superb, yeah. Pan's Labyrinth is the, the weirdo choice. <laughs> uh, can it be perfect when it's absolutely weird, but it's a compelling watch? So, to be honest, I don't watch a huge amount of films, but you could... It's hard to say if they're perfect. And, you know, recent years, Parasite, I think, you know, deserved the hype. Mm. was absolutely brilliant. Uh, you could go on. I mean, there's probably a good 50, 60 films we all have in our canon that we think are just close to flawless. And that other film that we discussed last time, the one that's had the biggest effect on me, I think, in recent years is After Some. So the, yes, the which film, I, the I must get around show, to watch. All show, yeah. not tell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've gone for Truffaut's 400 Blows, um, Some Like It Hot, I, I just think is just, well, that actually that could have very easily been my choice, Some Like It Hot, because that is, a, for me, a perfect film. Yeah. Uh, which again, flawed. Steve, I think it's really? flawed. Yeah. I was going to say, it's somewhat ironic that the last line is, nobody's perfect. <laughs> I, th- I think, just to say, that the, the actor in um, Whiplash is J.K. Simmons. Ah, um, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I think there's, there's something about... Um, yeah, I think something being a perfect film is whether it's of its time. Um, and all of those, well, nearly all of those films that Howard said, I went, oh, yeah, I'm not sure about that, I'm not sure about that. Because um, I think 400 Blows is, is, I'm not sure about that. But Some Like It Hot, I don't think it's aged very well, which is fine. It was of its time. But I think that does impact on whether it's a perfect film. 
Um, and I think I think also it, 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 it's a slight museum piece because the film is undoubtedly about Munro, even though she's effectively a supporting part in it, really. So I, mm. I, I think I think it's enjoyable, but yeah, I, I think it's flawed. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.